Hi there, and welcome along to this bonus preview edition of the Jersnet Weekly Podcast, the totally free and independent Rangers show made by fans for fans, where all of our content is always free. As you know by now, it's not just a podcast that we have here at Jersnet, but if you head over to our website at www.jersnet.co.uk, you can find a whole host of really great content, including match previews and reviews, plenty of articles and discussion, um, and a really good history archive as well. So if, uh, if you've not done so, please do head over to the website and check that out. Uh, the podcast, we're going out live, it's just gone 9.30pm on uh, Wednesday the 16th of February. If you're joining us live this evening, thank you very, very much for giving up your evening to be with us. Please do let us know your questions and your comments, let us know what you think. Uh, we're here to talk about the, the Bruce Dortmund game tomorrow night. The podcast will, of course, be available for download first thing from Thursday morning. That's wherever you get your podcasts from, including Acast, iTunes, YouTube, CastBox, Stitcher and also Spotify. Please do make sure you give us a like and a subscribe. Make sure you don't miss a thing from Jersnet going forward. There's no fancy graphics tonight. There's no fancy theme tunes or music or anything else. It's just the bare bones, me and uh, and Alex Anderson. Alex, it's always a pleasure. There's no one else that I'd rather have to talk about European football. How are you this evening? Not bad, sir. Not bad. And uh, no, no bare bones here. There's plenty of fat on the bones. I wish <laughs> I could get down to my bare bones. I'm enjoying this. Uh, because we got the graphics, I'll just get a bit pretentious and say I'm enjoying this weather. It's very, in the, in, in the tradition of the, the German romantic uh, movement, it's Sturm und Drang. It's uh, very dramatic, and I think that's going to set us up quite nicely for, for, for the game tomorrow night. So that's my bit of wankiness for the evening. How's yourself, sir? How's, how's things in London? I can't complain. It's, it's stormy enough down here. I hear it's um, absolutely up in Glasgow this evening. I, oh, I, I'm the, the house next door to us has basically uh, fallen down. You know, it's, it's it's getting blown down. I was out there uh, picking up the front gate today and putting it in the in their garden in case it blew onto the road. So it's quite interesting. It's quite interesting, and I, I just hope it's not uh, a big literary metaphor for what's going to happen to us tomorrow night. I hope not for a stormy ninety <laughs> minutes. Um, well, look, it's it's probably fair to say that ten years on, ten years and two days now from uh, from the administration of Rangers back in, in 2012. Um, we are on the eve of certainly the most glamorous match, maybe not the biggest match uh, since since that date, um, but certainly the biggest opposition, um, certainly the, the highest profile match we've, we've played uh, since since that date. Um, Rangers travelling to, to, to northwestern Germany to take on uh, Borussia Dortmund's first, uh, first leg of the Europa League playoff, the sort of intermediate playoff knockout stage between the groups and the, the, the knockout proper. Dortmund dropping out of the Champions League. And, and Alec, I think the first thing to say is in any other world, this could be a, a Champions League tie. I mean, it, it really doesn't get any tougher, does it? No, it does not. And it's it's quite um, a bit of a consolation for us, um, to say the least, considering what happened to us against Malmo. We didn't get into the, the Champions League proper, but this is a, a proper Champions League uh, team that we're playing there is really probably more disgusted Dortmund to be out of the Champions League uh, at the group stage than, than we were to you know, to get knocked out of the stage we were knocked out and we were pretty disgusted by that to be fair uh, I it, you're alluding to um, 14th of February there uh, Ross and I thought you, yourself uh, Stuart and um, Doogie touched on it uh, quite nicely on, on Sunday night's flagship show it's a, it's amazingly poetic, I think, uh, the way this fixture has landed, um, the way these the most two recent fixtures have landed. To be down at Annan 
um, on uh, Saturday, like two days before the 14th of February. Um, just kind of striking up another wee rivalry again with our old uh, third division muckers, you know, and to go out there and actually beat them to be three nothing up in a half an hour with what was 100% a reserve team, you know, 11 changes, you know, of second string players, youth players and, and guys struggling for fitness. Um, come, when you think about what they did to us at Ibrox back in 2013 and they, they held us uh, at Annan. Um, and I, I look my admiration um, and my respect for Annan and all the other teams that we played against, in the, and particularly in the, in the two bottom leagues, um, in those no bounds, uh, they welcomed us with open arms. And uh, my admiration for, what, for how they dealt with us and the, my respect for that level of Scottish football has been through the roof, uh, having experienced it. And I think, I'm going to get a bit long-winded here, but I think it, I think it bears talking about to go from that kind of the kind of black and yellows of Annan and you know Berwick Rangers, East Fife, you know Alawa, all these kind of teams that we come up against down there, to go to the you know, the Schwarzgelben of uh, Borussia Dortmund uh, on uh, three days after the anniversary, the tenth anniversary of Grinty administration. I think it's just it's it's you couldn't write it. You know, it would, you you wouldn't believe it if it was if if it was fiction. I spent the whole maybe last season, half of this season on this pod talking about how I thought. Europe was the main thing for us. Obviously, we had to win the league. Um, we always we also had to get to 55. But for me, I thought the rest of Europe doesn't care who wins the league in Scotland. And Europe was to be back in the group stages was great. Four seasons in the group stages of European football you can never take away, you know, what happened to us in, in, in the lower leagues, what happened in 2012. But it seemed to kind of it was a nice kind of salve on the sky. It was kind of helping the, the wounds kind of scab up, you know, um, for every season we had in the lower leagues. You know, it was it was really lovely. To be to be three, you know, hitting the post to go four one up against Benfica, and it ends up as a draw. That seemed to kind of cancel out going to Alawa and be two nothing up in the semi final of the, of the Challenge Cup and losing three two. It was stuff. It was it was a much a much nicer pain, you know. Um, but I got I get it now to be to have this game uh, tomorrow. And hey, it might you know we're we'll going to talk about how great Dortmund are as a team, and it it could end up being a a sobering experience. I don't think it will. You know, I'm optimistic, but I think just now to be in this moment tonight, just to really take in where we are and to go back there as Scottish champions to the West Fallon, because we've got an incredible history with Borussia Dortmund. Um, having been to Annan as Scottish champions, I thought it was. It's just, it's just been smashing. It's been some sort of bridge over all the troubled waters. You know, we're, and we're landing back, and you know, the kind of Rangers against Dortmund was my childhood. You know, it was through my. You know, my early adulthood, it's just been a, an ongoing relationship with, with that club. And uh, it's, it's just, a, just a real magic to it. And if maybe things will all go wrong tomorrow in the park, maybe we, maybe we won't really uh, have much of a chance against Dortmund. But I think just, just now, tonight even, just to be in this moment, it's, it's, a, it's another, another step back. It's really magical, Ross. Yeah. Yeah. Well, look, before we, before we look at Dortmund and, and, and look back over the history of this tie, and there's a hell of a lot of history. I mean, some of that history is peering out as old over your left shoulder at the moment. Um, there is a lot of history. There's a lot to get through. But let's let's focus on, on Rangers and, and how we might set up tomorrow. And I, I guess the frustrating and disappointing news that's come out of the press conference today, we knew that Philip Hollander wasn't in the European squad um, and that actually him playing against Annan uh, at the weekend there was maybe a little bit earlier than we'd anticipated. Um, so he's, he's not in the squad and we knew that we would be without uh, Big Phil. But the disappointing news is that Leon Balogun isn't going to make it. Um, he's, he's not fit enough and, and that puts us right back into uh, the sort of centre central defensive crisis that we've 
kind of been struggling through for, for most of this season. Um, Calvin Bassey's filled in there for the most part, and he started his tenure at centre half this season, I think, really, really strongly. And it's now, in, in the last month or two, in my opinion, that the performances have, have significantly dropped. Um, we have James Sands, we know he can play at centre half. We have Leon King and Jackson. I don't even think Jack Simpson's in the Euro squad, actually. So our options are limited. Um, so particularly in, in, in centre of defence, how do you see us lining up against a very sort of potent attacking threat from Dortmund? Yeah, I, I don't want to talk about it, Ross. I'm not. I'm no. I, I, I just I could just move on to the history. It's just I'm absolutely terrifying me. No, listen. It, it, it was a it was a massive blow today um, to, to hear that. I uh, I had actually thought with Balogun and and uh, Goldson in there. I, you're trying to think what is what is Gio going to do? You know, and just to you know, um, coming on a preview pod. You know, I should I should really be studying it. There's no point in studying it with Gio because you just don't know what he's going to do at this point in his managerial career. I don't think. Um, I think he was just kind of tweaking what we had under Gerard um, to start with, and then when things started going a bit wrong. Um, after the after the uh, winter break, he's just kind of basically at halftime at Parkhead, and I think that has been that's Gio's team, and he's going to start doing what he wants to do, and I really don't know where that goes. So I had anticipated there was every chance we could even go with three centre halves tomorrow night, you know. Um, particularly Balogun, the thing about Balogun is he's he was born in Berlin, you know, he's played for about six different German clubs, you know, all over uh, Germany as well. Um, he's half German. He's got a massive experience um, in football in general, but in particular uh, uh, with Bundesliga. So it'd been really handy to have him in there. Um, apart from the fact that he is our, our other best, after Goldson, he's our other best available centre half just now. Um, I don't know if we're looking at that. This has been a mistake with Hollander, who's maybe a big Scandinavian Alan McLaren, in which like, it might look like he's fallen to bits at times, but when you look what he did, he basically had the game won within two headers in five minutes. Uh, Annan in his first game back in months on a plastic pitch, you know he's. Uh, I, th- I think the big the big man's a unit, and he might. I think we're now probably regretting not having him uh, in the squad. Um, Bassey, getting back at left back, he's fantastic. He's doing really well at left back. I think doing tremendously. I just can't see a situation where I'm comfortable with him going to centre half. It would need to be desperation, as we're, we're maybe getting into desperation stakes. Um, he's not comfortable with the ball over the top and what I've watched the Borussia Dortmund uh, recently, I mean what their second goal uh, on Sunday against Union Berlin, a massive win for them was a 70, 72 metres, German television was saying 72 metre long ball um, from uh, big Axel Zagadou at the back right over the top um, and Matt Hummels in between times was hitting a couple of them as well from the, the other centre half position, so they are really dangerous with long balls over the top and Big Calvin doesn't face up well to the high balls. And he's scored an own goal uh, for Leon. He hit the, the the bar, his own bar against Hearts from balls coming in at the side. So I love Calvin Bassey. And I think he will be a really good centre half as well. Um, and he does a great job for, for the for the talent he has at this stage in his career at centre half. Uh, I don't want to be a downer on him, but he's he's a left back just now. Um I had thought maybe. If it was Balogun in there, we would make, make risk pushing Bassey into centre half to have three centre halves to have Barris. And maybe, you know, we don't know how Barris is doing in training. You know, he had, he had a decent game against Annan, you know, he had, a, he had a good free kick on target. Maybe his confidence is back up. I thought, depending on what Giovanni's seen at training, he might want to get uh, Barisic in there and have three centre halves because, you know, Dortmund are susceptible 
and their own and their inside forward positions between their their really advanced wing backs and their centre halves. That's where they're, they're quite susceptible. So we might want to be pushing on from the wing back position. So we would need three centre halves maybe against someone like that. This is just all you know stuff I've just been thinking up. You know when I've had too much uh, chocolate and uh, tea, but he's. I, I don't know. I don't know what the situation to put Sands in there as well. He hasn't. He hasn't hit the ground running really. He's not been. He's, he's not been bad. You know, but he's been playing in midfield. He's, he's been played like two positions in his first game. Um, up at Petodre, he's he's kind of played at centre half on Saturday there against uh, third division opposition. I don't know. I think I would rather put Sands in at centre half alongside uh, Goldson and just keep Calvin Bassey out at left back. But I, I think I thought there was going to be a. You know, a kind of curveball tomorrow. It, it might involve, you know, like Sakala, Diallo, or you know, um, uh, who else have we got on the right hand side? Even Scott Wright. You know, just to sheer pace because Dortmund can they're susceptible to counter attacks this season. I thought something like that might happen. I'm not sure that Ryan Jack's going to play. You know, but this is one surprise too many. <laughs> you know, this is one surprise that we didn't want. So a uh, real. I, I find it very interesting. Although I wouldn't say I'm worried. I'm, I'm going to be very interested to see what Gio does tomorrow night. But just now it's looking like Sands going in there instead, I'd say. It's interesting, isn't it? I think that the question is, which is the lesser of the risks? Is is it Calvin Bathy who has played a game at centre-half this season? Is it James Sands, who is more of a natural centre-half but has only played two or three games so far? Does Gio start to think a little bit more creatively? Um, I've seen some people talking about John Munstrom filling in at, at centre back. Um, I've seen people suggesting that we play Sikowski on the uh, right back and push Tavin as a centre half. So we're then starting to get into all the kind of weird and wonderful situations. Um, I think he'll go with Bassi personally. I think he'll play Bassi and Barisic. Um, I think that makes us very, very exposed um, down down the well down Dortmund's right. Um, I, I, I'm convinced that Borna, and I'm sure someone will pop up and tell me how wrong I am statistically, but I'm convinced that Borna Barisic must have one of the worst um, stats for blocking crosses. I feel like he's always, always letting crosses into the box. And like you say, I don't, I don't have a huge amount of faith in Calvin Bassey defending those crosses. And Hearts is a really, really good example where he, you know, he's ultimately flicked it up onto his own crossbar. So it makes me nervous, but. I mean, we're coming up against Dortmund. Even let's let's not pretend that you know we, we would have Leon Balogun in there, and we've got nothing to worry about. You know, it's, it's a hugely potent and impressive and high quality side we're coming up against. This issue of who plays at centre and a half isn't going to be the defining issue. It's very it's very unlikely to be that the uh, the one goal that settles this tie comes because of a personal mistake by the bloke playing at the left side of centre half. You know, so. I don't want to overplay the significance, but it's kind of just one of those things that you go right. The biggest, biggest match we've had in a long while, highly glamorous opposition, lots of eyes on us, and yet again we're kind of plagued by central defensive injuries and, and, and issues of that sort. But the other question, actually, that I wanted to, to chat out with you, Alex, is um, about the centre of midfield. I mean, we could see the, the, the centre of defence and the left side of defence as a, as a risky area, as a weak area. Does that mean that we adapt what we do in, in, in the centre of the park? I mean, we, we spoke on Sunday at length about the number of central midfield options that we have at Rangers. Um, do you think that Geo possibly sets up in a way to flood the midfield, pack the midfield and try and alleviate some of the pressure on the defence? Yeah, I think that's looking like the kind of um, favourite solution. To an amateur like myself, uh, observing from the outside, uh, Ross, it's, it's looking like my favourite kind of 
solution to this problem with Balogun being out uh, is to just go denser uh, in midfield and kind of try and block the flow from there. I mean, you look at Julian Brandt, who's a kind of uh, mid twenties, top of his game, German international, kind of outside right. He plays for Dortmund. He's he's they were talking about him in Sunday's game against Union Berlin, literally hogging the touchline. So we're going to have to have somebody that stops the cross. He's coming in um, if he's playing out there uh, tomorrow night. Um, I, I was when we thought we had Balogun. I was uh, my biggest concern, not biggest concern, but the thing I was thinking about most was what are we going to do midfield wise? Is he going to do that? It, having he's surely not going to go with like Glenn Kamara doing the old uh, kind of on his own the, the, the single pivot thing um, against Dortmund, but. I, I think it's about fighting fire with fire tomorrow. You look through you look through Borussia Dortmund's um, list of results this season. If you get their Wikipedia page up for this season and you just glance down the results, there's not a lot of nils there. You know, this is the big thing with Dortmund this season. Not a lot of nils on either side. You know, they score a lot, they lose a lot. You know, they beat Freiburg five one at home maybe like three weeks ago, and Freiburg are going really well this season. Pulled that out, beat, beat them five one at home. Next home game, they lose five two at home at Leverkusen. You know, uh, so it's it's they're all over the place. They kept a clean sheet on Sunday at a really really difficult venue. Union Berlin are going great guns. They're they're, they're in phenomenal form. They just don't lose at home. Um, and Borussia Dortmund don't keep a clean sheet. They were responding to getting leathered at home by Leverkusen. They're responding to going out the the German Cup to uh, second division St Pauli um, in, in the midweek before that. I'm hoping it's a case of they, they got all the responses out of their system uh, on Sunday, you know, but it's quite worrying that they, they kept a clean sheet by, by Gomez sitting too. They had Axel Witzel and uh, the kind of Syrian-born German international, um, which is named Mahmoud Dahoud, who's a, a cracking little player. Uh, they had them ostensibly sitting, but pushing up all the time towards the edge of the, the Union Berlin box when they get a chance to. Uh, so they, they, they may be sitting in a bit deeper these days. You know, they may be taking their lesson, taking their medicine, from those two kind of leatherings they got and decided to sit in a bit deeper. We might just try and counter that by maintaining what we really had against Hearts when we had kind of, we had Ryan Jack sitting with uh, Lundstrom, you know. But I don't know. I don't, I don't like the noises coming out. The noises coming out are like, um, you know, Ryan Jack is all but sure to play. You know, and Erling Haaland is all but sure not to. And I, as we we're saying before uh, the show come on here, I mean, to me that sounds like the opposite is going to happen. I don't know. I don't know if Ryan Jack's just been included in the squad. He's with his fitness, his, his injury record. I don't know if he's, he's again not properly fit. Um, and Haaland is. You know, <laughs> that, that, this is what's going to happen. But I don't know. I, I just would like, I would like to see is maybe I, I still heart back to Glenn Kamara, Ryan Jack, Steve Davis, and Steve Davis got a wee run out on. Uh, Saturday, he played a cracking ball over the top um, to Fashion Sakala in like the first minute, which just shows what he's all about. Massive European experience. He joined us um, after Christmas for our, our last run to a European final back in two thousand and eight. He was a massive part of that. So I would, I would, if if Brian Drake's available, I would just go with that again. I would, I would just try and get. I, I, I don't fancy John Lundstrom for the European stuff. I don't fancy him for tomorrow night. It's cruel because he's done well the last two games. But um, without kind of uh, neglecting my duties um, as a as a as a preview pod um, guest, I re- I really don't know. I, I'm re- I think it, it, it's fair to say we really don't know how Gio's going to approach this. Um, we need to have enough left in attack, and I think maybe if we're if we're only going to go four at the back and we're looking to get our our, uh, our wing backs bombing on, 
to get around the back of Dortmund, we would we would need the three sitting um, across midfield, and then just have the, the, the three across the front, you know, uh, up top. See, that's that's exactly how I see it going as well. I think with the defensive potential, defensive frailty, um, and also with the fact that Dortmund can be got at with pace on the counter, it, it seems to lend itself to that pack the midfield, keep it tight, keep it com- uh, congested in the centre of the park. And allow maybe a um, a Sakala or a, a, you know I think there's a good chance of Diallo getting the game tomorrow to, to get the ball down and run with pace. Um, seems like the kind of game that that, that would suit him. So um, I would I would probably given form over the last six weeks I would probably choose Lundstrom over Davis at this point. Um, but it, and I guess the good thing is that if we can't predict how it's going to go, we've spoken about two areas of the park there. Um, the, the defence and the centre of midfield not only have we kind of struggled to pick the, the, the comments in the chat here are some people saying um, dear God please no not James Sands some people saying please not Borna Barisic and, and Calvin Bassey playing together again and if we can't choose if we can't decide it also means that the, the, the Dortmund coaching staff will not have a clue about how we're going to set up tomorrow and yeah. maybe that'll impact the game maybe that'll help us um, it's, it's very very difficult to say but I, I suppose uh, it's 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 difficult with these two-legged ties because you can always say that anything can happen in, in 90 minutes of football. But Rangers have history in 2008 of doing extremely well and going far in Europe on the basis of playing away legs first and getting a good result, bringing it back to Ibrox and grinding through to the next round. Do you see this as a as a positive and maybe playing away as something that we can we can take advantage of? Yeah, yes, I, I think, it, first of all, I mean, like, I don't think it's going to matter a great deal to Dortmund uh, where, where they're playing, they're, they're, they're a class outfit. Um, but I don't think it matters too much to us either. I think the, the, the advantage is more in the timing um, because the, the way things are going in Germany just now, they've still got the stadiums mostly closed. Uh, or most of the, in various Bundesländer, they're, they're, doing, they're doing different, uh, you know, kind of regulations. Like uh, Union Berlin uh, on Sunday, there was like 10,000 was the limit. I think in that whole area, 10,000 is, is the kind of law uh, just now uh, for permitted crowds in stadiums. So uh, the, the the old Forrester Stadium in uh, Copenhagen in Berlin is fully enclosed. And I think I don't it doesn't even hold 20,000, I don't think. So it was a great atmosphere in there. Um, but you're going to go to the Westfalen, which is like 81,000 capacity. And I think it's going to be maybe 10,000 that are going to be in there. They'll still create a great atmosphere. But my biggest fear was that this would be the week that they would let the full crowds back in in Germany and you would see that kind of thing in the Westfalen was get, I mean the, the thing with the Westfalen is they get 81,000 every game they get every 81,000 every home game so it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be you know a rip-roaring atmosphere um, they're the biggest support in terms of supporters through the actual gates they're the biggest support in Europe uh, Borussia Dortmund a legendary stadium a legendary support, but if they're getting 81,000 every week, there'll be games and they don't really want to be in this competition, <laughs> you know. So, it might be if it was their first game back, just that feeling of community again. We experienced the same this season. I think when we beat Celtic at Ibrox this season, the atmosphere that day wasn't just about beating Celtic, it was about we've had a year away from our club. And although we'd had a few home games before that, there was a crowd, and that felt like the day everybody was just more or less saying it's great to be back. You know, it was a, it was a, it was a bit more than just the game itself. And I would hate it if we'd walked into that atmosphere. Um, you know, tomorrow night there's eighty-one thousand glad to be back, all drunk on the Borussia beer, and just you know creating a hell of an atmosphere. 
Although having said that, I think what happened at Parkhead um, has woken up a few of the players, um, is kind of uh, blowing the cobwebs away. Um, and I don't think, I think what we'll experience on the park will be no worse um, than, than what we got at Parkhead in terms of an onslaught. Um, Borussia Dortmund, the stats, when you watch them, I'm, I'm primarily watching them in the highlights this season, I'm watching the, the Bundesliga highlights show. So they're go, they look absolutely scintillating, you know, and they, I mean, they are, you know, they're overwhelming um, when they attack. But I think they're, from what I'm seeing from the stats, is they seem to be scoring when they attack. So they score three times in a game, that, it looks fantastic, but it's maybe only three decent attacks that they've had. If you're not watching the whole game, it can maybe be a bit um, deceiving. But the players they've got, they're just absolutely ridiculous. It's, they'll go over the top, they'll go right through you, they'll come down the side. So I'm glad that they don't have 80,000 going crazy to spur them on to even, to even greater heights. Um, but if, if we can get, they're up and down this season. The narrative is that they can't get any real runs of form going, which I don't understand because they're only six points off the top now. You know, they're second place, they're gaining on Bayern. Um, so but the narrative is they don't, they don't, they're kind of up and down. So they were really up on Sunday and I just hope we can get in there, get under their skin early doors. I, I think just go for it. You know, I think I think just go for it, just just try and get into a kind of a score fest with them. I don't care if it's four each or we get beat five, four or whatever. You know, and in that respect, I having the first game away from home, the away goals rule doesn't apply anymore. It's it went out the it went out the door this season. But I think it's I think it's a it's going to work for us, Ross. I think as, as much as anything can work in terms of how the legs are played. Yeah, exactly, exactly. The away goal it, it, it makes it interesting in that kind of the blueprint that we had for 2008 not so relevant anymore. And um, I think that actually, for a situation of a club like Rangers playing a club like Dortmund probably would have loved the illegal rule um, playing away first, but uh, I understand the motivation behind scrapping it. I mean, it's something that we've very briefly touched on, we can dive into a bit deeper maybe, is the threat that Don posed. Now, we know that, that Haaland is very unlikely to play. The reports are suggesting that he's, he's not going to make it. Um, I mean, first things first, I, I've seen fans kind of split into two camps here. Some fans going, fantastic, their main threat, their main goal scorer is, is out. Other fans going, oh, we want to we want to see us playing against the very, very best. Where do you come down on that? Aye, I think the, I think the, the Dortmund fans are probably thinking the same about Ryan Jack. You know, I, I want I want to see I want to see Ryan Jack. I've heard so much about, and I want to see him in the flesh. But no, no, I don't, no, I don't, because he'll rip us to pieces. Um, I, 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 I want us to get through. You know, I don't, I don't know that Haaland actually makes. Um, so it does make a massive. He makes a massive difference. He's a difference between in the league. It seems to be he's a difference between them scoring three goals and scoring five. It just yeah. seems to. I mean, his record and everything is basically he's a goal less or a goal more than how many games he's played in whatever competition. He's basically on a goal a game, which is just phenomenal. I think he's in twenty odd goals this season for club and country and twenty odd appearances. It's uh, he's I think it's seventy five, about seventy five goals in, in seventy eight games or something for Dortmund all in and about fifty odds in the Bundesliga. But he's not, you know, um, he's been outscored this season uh, quite comprehensively by the real legend that is Robert Lewandowski. You know, he's, he's got about 10 goals more than them in the Bundesliga. Uh, Patrick Schick, uh, by Leverkusen. Um, and I, this, is, this is two different guys. I've both seen scoring twice against Scotland at Hamden. Um, they, he's outscoring them for, for Leverkusen as well. Um, but uh, he's, he's, he's a massive player, literally uh, and metaphorically. He's, 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 he's something else. And I, I would like to see him. Ideally, you want to see him and we beat uh, Dortmund with him playing. But I think most of us are just, if we're going to see him, it will be at Ibrox. 
So we're not really bored. It's, we'll, we'll take the advantage of him not playing tomorrow night. But um, Marco Royce is the guy to watch, I think. I think he's the Dortmund-born kind of heartbeat, 32 years old, supposedly a, a midfielder, you know, but he just, he just he's everywhere. He's a kind of, you know, he's just a kind of, you know, minister without portfolio. He, he just, he, he's, he's coming from deep. He's running into the box. Two The two goals he scored on Sunday were just coming from him overlapping and just running on. Uh, just a, such a majestic looking player, so composed. Uh, 45 caps for Germany, I think he's about 15 goals or something like that. Heartbreaking stuff. He missed out in the, the, the World Cup in 2018 with an, an injury last time, uh, 2014 when they won the World Cup. He missed out on a, with an ankle injury just before um, they set off for Brazil. Same again, injury prevents him going to Euro 2016. Scored a goal in, <laughs> against Sweden in the 2018 World Cup. Germany get papped out in the next game. Um, and he just last last year he just like I'm not going to the Euros. I've just I've had enough of this. I'm knackered. I just want to play for Dortmund. Um, so, but he is a guy to watch. He is utterly majestic. Um, they're all pretty good. You get Jude Belling up, up front as well. He's kind of going over to the left now. Um, in the last couple of games, doing really well. Rafael Guerrero on the left hand side, the left back, Portuguese international. He overlaps like nothing else. He spends more time in your box than his own. Um, you've got you know Matt Hummel's World Cup winner, World Cup winning the centre half alongside Zagadou at the back. I don't know what's happened with Thomas Mounier, who's the the Belgian uh, kind of wing back, uh, who's just ridiculous um, levels, uh, goal scoring, what have you, on the international stage and at club level. They're just the phenomenal. Axel Witzel, he was sitting in the middle with Mac, uh, with the uh, Dahoud on Sunday. He's a nasty piece of work. But a phenomenally cultured uh, footballer, and and one of the, your your worst kind of um, is 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 really huge, but he's he's really kind of um, athletic as well. So you, these are guys we've, we've got to watch. But um, I think you could be spending so much time watching these guys that you forget to do your own thing. I think that's the main thing for Rangers tomorrow. Um, it's like to Scott Arfield to be play Scott Arfield because I think Scott Arfield. I, I know I'm, I know you and Colin have got an ongoing thing about Scott Arfield. But he's been doing so well for us just now. Um, Aaron Ramsey obviously is not going to be fit enough for this, I wouldn't think. He's been doing so well for us just now, Ross, and he's he's got a great record in Europe. You know, you don't think he's fast enough, but he always seems to be fast enough, um, Scott Arfield. And I, but he would have to get left out, I think, if we're playing like Sakala or, or, or Ahmad. I, I don't know. Um, but I think we've 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 got to go for it. The main thing is Alfredo's playing, and I would just love it tomorrow night if. He is. He's the talk of the town, not some big uh, Norwegian gunk. There you go, Erling Haaland, some big Norwegian gunk. Thing. Very good. Um, <laughs> look, let's uh, let's move on to the interesting bit, the the, the history of this tie, and it, in a way, it's it's fascinating, isn't it? I mean, the, the number of times that these two clubs played each other, the relationship, um, the relationship that, that we've built up on the park, in a way, um, not in a kind of creepy. Celtic relationship and that they're always trying to form relationships with other clubs. Um, but th- there is a lot of history there. Um, I think I saw Bruce Dortmund yeah, today or yesterday tweeting sort of photos of, of Stefan Kloss, who was obviously a phenomenal player for, for, for both clubs. Um, so there is a, a strange kind of relationship there. Um, clearly, you've got a, a pendant hanging there from, from our meeting in, in 1995. Um, what are your abiding memories of, of Rangers and Bruce Dortmund. It, it, it's absolutely phenomenal, uh, the, the relationship. And you're quite right. I, I think I think Bruce Dortmund, they're not a club of 
affection for in the normal way because of, because I think they're as bad as Celtic. When they want to have a relationship with Celtic. You know, we'd rather have a relationship with Hamburg. Um, but there's no there's no avoiding um, the fact that it's. I mean, we played for for example. It's quite it's quite unbelievable. Not just because Giovanni Van Bronck. I mean, they literally have a player playing for them who's named after our manager. Not because of some kind of distant admiration or coincidence. It's his godfather. Our manager is a godfather. You know, <laughs> um, Giovanni Reina, whose dad Claudio Reina. I mean, it's not just that they played together at Rangers. Claudio Reina and Giovanni. They both missed penalties. I said this before the draw was made. They both missed penalties against Dortmund the last time we played Dortmund at, at, at the Westfalen, you know, and the guy who missed the penalty for Dortmund that night in the shootout, um, Chris, uh, ends up signing for Rangers, Christian Nillinger, you know, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, a, it's our kind of golden anniversary of winning the Cup Winners' Cup. It's Dortmund's silver anniversary of uh, winning the Champions League. Uh, we played them in 66, 67. Um, they, were the, they, they won the Cup Winners' Cup. I mean, they won the Cup Winners' Cup final. Uh, in Glasgow, they beat Liverpool in '66. Um, we've played a Cup Winners' Cup final in Glasgow, you know, at Ibrox. Um, there was a two-legged final when we just played it, the Cup Winners' Cup, and we lost it two 0 at home to Fiorentina. Borussia Dortmund have lost lost three one at home to Juventus um, when they lost over two legs to them in a European final. Uh, they lo- they won the European Cup, the, the Champions League, in Bayern Munich's ground. They've lost the Champions League final to Bayern Munich in 2013. We have lost a Cup Winners' Cup final to Bayern Munich the same season that we beat Dortmund in the Cup Winners' Cup in 67. Um, and we've played the, we played the final in Bavaria, same as, as Dortmund. It's Willie Waddle, I'm sure, went to the Westfalen and he modelled the rebuilding of Ibrox on the Westfalen, which was built for the 74 World Cup. Um, we've got Roy Mackay in the bench, Bayern legend involved in the Klassiker, you know, um, with with Dortmund, and then we've got these games, when we played Dortmund in the 80, we, we, we beat, when we beat Dortmund in the 66-67 Cup Winners' Cup, we beat them 2-1 at Ibrox, then we drew 0-0 in the, the Rode Stadium, the, the, the Rode Erda Stadium, which is still outside, it sits outside the, the Westfalen. Um, that was Dortmund's last game in Europe for 16 years, and the next the next game, we drew 0-0 there, um, and the next game they played was 0-0 against Rangers in the Westfalen. You know, we were, the, we were the last team they played and the next team they played um, and I, kind of, I think it's a 16, 17 year gap in Europe and we put them out of the UEFA Cup and the following season, you know, sorry, it was another five years before they got back into Europe and they met Celtic <laughs> and luckily they beat them in the UEFA Cup. So I grew up, um, I, I wasn't at the first, when we played them in the 82, 83 UEFA Cup, but I, talking about my relationship with them, I just remember my next door neighbour, it was the days of the, the sports scene, you know, you watch the highlights and you try to avoid the score, I was only like 12 years old at the time, and I just remember my, my neighbour next door, Big Tam, saying, do you want to know the score? He'd been listening to it on the radio, I says, no, you're all right, Tam, I'm going to watch it tonight, he says, okay, but you'll be pleased. Subtle, subtle, damn. I worked out what was going on. <laughs> so that was the start of my relationship with Dortmund. That was at the game, obviously, the first time I saw them, it was we played them in the Champions, uh, the Champions League, uh, 95, 96. Um, and then the, I, I saw them again. The only other time I saw them was when we had the, the great night against them, the first leg in that UEFA Cup tie in 99. Um, but we, we beat them 2 0 with a Jurgen Kohler, a World Cup winning centre half, scoring an own goal for us. So on yourself, Matt Hummels tomorrow night, bit of history. Repeat that, please. It's, it's a tradition, Matt. Um, and then we had the 20, 23-24 pass goal um, with Rod Wallace put away, which was absolutely magnificent. And there was no way I could see us losing that tie. Um, and 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 we did. We chucked it in the last minute, went to extra time and out in penalties. But 
tomorrow night we play Borussia Dortmund for the ninth time, uh, the ninth match against them, the fifth tie in Europe. That takes them level with Bayern Munich. Unbelievable. The, the German classicer, Bayern Dortmund, and that's the two clubs we've placed, played most in Europe. And then um, we play them at Ibrox. They'll be, it'll be the tenth time we've played them uh, in Europe, the first club that we've ever played ten times, ten, 10 European matches. Uh, so it's it's an unbelievable relationship. They think they've played Real Madrid something like seven seven times, seven different ties over the years. So they've got a relationship with a slightly bigger club than us. Um, but they, it means the world to us in a way that goes beyond just uh, one of our one of their players being named after our manager. Yeah, all of these different things. It does bring a, a, a I don't know, maybe a special sentimental feeling to the, to the tie. Um, it, it's clearly a, a wonderful occasion for us, and it is a little poignant that, that we're ten years on from from our darkest day. Um, and 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 you know, let's think where were we on the not necessarily on the fourteenth of Feb, twenty twelve, but say the seventeenth of Feb when creation was, was was happening, and we're three days on. And do you remember that period of just questioning? What the hell's going on, and what are we going to do next? And 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 where, do, literally, where do we go from here? Um, to think ten years on from that day, where we're back in Dortmund. Look, I, I say this every time. I've said this for every European tie over the last two years. It is a tragedy. There's not more of us there. Um, ten thousand in that stadium is not enough. Five hundred Rangers fans in that stadium is not enough. Um, we probably all have pals who, one or two pals who have managed to get their managed maybe gone with a ticket, maybe gone without a ticket, who are currently in bars in Dusseldorf and Bochum and Cologne um, having the time of their lives. But there's that's that's one-tenth of the number of Rangers fans that should be there tonight. Well, that's, that's that's the game again. Yeah, short, short term, you've never mind the, 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 the 10-year thing and, and what it means historically for us. Uh, just short term, it's nobody got to see us playing Benfica. Or those two classic games against Standard Liège and Royal Antwerp yeah. last season. That was a that was a small tragedy um, for everybody involved. So it's smashing to have Dortmund back. Look, we Feyenoord, uh, Porto, um, who it was Benfica. You know, for me, just like the third greatest name in European football. These are clubs that yeah. have all won the, the European Cup as many or more times than Dortmund. So we've been having these magical nights. Um, Steven Gerrard's kind of helped solve you know, the, the pain of what happened in the lower leagues um, and Gio's been part of that this season without Gio arriving we might not have got through this group stage um, but I think as, as you say mate it's the fact that we're now Scottish champ, champions of Scotland and to go back to playing a, a massive European name that was such a part of our life before 2012 the kind of normality that I grew up with you know it just I it, it really it, it, it just it kind of means so much um, and it's it's just great to be to be having these get listen I'll just say this to you every time Rangers played all, all but one of the times we played uh, Dortmund previously we played another German team in Europe that season you know we played Bayern in 66-67 we had played Bayern already in the, the Champions League group stages the last time we met uh, the season we met um, uh, Dortmund last we played Cologne the game after we played them in 82-83. You've got when Cologne gave us a, a, a bit of a doing over there um, to, to, to put us out. But there's a kind of thing, there's a, there's a lot of other German teams left. There's, if, I think RB Leipzig, they, they're playing tomorrow night, but you've still got uh, Bayer Leverkusen and Eintracht Frankfurt waiting in the, uh, the, the round of 16, so the last 16. Um, so, you know, looking looking for kind of omens, you've got that, and also... You know, when we when we won the Cup Winners Cup, we had um, 
uh, one each draw in France against Rennes in our first game. We've already had a one each draw in France this season. And that season's Sporting Club de Portugal, um, they didn't, you know, the referee wrongly applied the penalty shootout rule. He forgot about the way goals rule. Um, on, in the moment, Sporting won the shootout. So they paraded around the stadium having a lap of honour uh, in their own stadium, despite the fact they were beaten. And last night, I watched Sporting Club de Portugal um, parading around the stadium having a lap of honour with their fans, despite the fact they'd been, they'd been quite thoroughly beaten. So the finals in Spain... There's a team from Moscow still in it. I'm not. I'm not trying to get ahead of myself here, Ross. But I think if you're going to go down the insane omens route that I like to go down, we've won this tournament. You know? Well, look, this is this is the thing, right? Tomorrow's a massive occasion. Tomorrow's a wonderful occasion, and to a large degree, it's a celebration um, of, of where Rangers have, have got back to. And there have been plenty of celebrations over the last, certainly over the last sort of six to twelve months. But over the last few years of four years of group stage football, some. Phenomenal results, but tomorrow really is a um, it's a special occasion. And whether you're looking at it pragmatically and going, oh, we're probably in line for a, a a bit of a pumping from a powerhouse of, of European football, or whether you believe in horoscope, astrology, birthday card pish, right? That's what you believe in. There's plenty, plenty of reasons to get behind that. It's a it's a hugely sort of special occasion for, for, for all of those reasons so let's enjoy it you know and there's a stranger things have happened in football I was about to reference the fact that Salzburg have beaten Bayern Munich tonight uh, I just checked and they haven't uh, they, they, uh, Bayern equalised I think so right. um, that means that there's still an upset to be had this week and it could be us it could be us um, there's be no reason there's no reason why we can't no one thought we'd get a result against Porto no one thought we'd get a result against Benfica why not? I'll just say, Let's just enjoy say, it. Briefly say one more thing. I, I, I feel as if tomorrow night we're going to find out a lot about Giovanni Van Bronckhurst, the, the manager. Yeah. I think we're going to find out a lot about him. Um, but tonight and up until kick-off tomorrow, I think we could just enjoy what we're, what we're finding out about our club and what we're finding out about ourselves as a support, which is we never went away and, by Christ, we're back. We're back. We are indeed. Um, well, that will wrap things up for us. We will be back. Uh, the Jerusalem podcast will, of course, be back on uh, on Sunday with our main flagship show. Who knows? We might also be able to squeeze something out on Friday night, looking ahead to uh, the football at the weekend as well as SPFL Premiership action returns. Um, so please do join us for that. I'll keep your eye on the on the Jerusalem Twitter feed and social media and all the rest of it for for the latest details. But all else fails, we will be back here nine thirty p.m. on Sunday. So please do check us for that. As I said at the top of the show, please do give us a like and a subscribe wherever you get podcasts from, and that way you won't miss a single thing. Um, that's going to wrap things up from, from myself and Alex. Thanks, of course, to everyone who's joined us this evening. We really, really appreciate it. Um, enjoy the match tomorrow night.